Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Anthony Flores with myself, Signus Baum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the Bearded Lejande, the one and only, the Daddy-O. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 336. And as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show and also uh, to Kent Teague, who was our special guest last week. Always Always good to have him on. Uh, this week, um, just as a caveat, it is Diwali and uh, a lot of my neighbours are celebrating. <laughs> so if you hear fireworks going off, it's not a sound effect or anything. It is genuine fireworks going off. But we've got two games to briefly round up with you this week. Um, two losses, unfortunately. Uh, and obviously, there's been quite a bit that's been going on, hasn't there, for the last seven days at Leighton Orient. So without further ado, let's crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our sponsors. We certainly do. So the podcast is sponsored by Carol Langley Florists, who are based at Chingford and have been serving the borough of Wolfram Forest and the surrounding area for over the last 70 years. They're fantastic team of florists are here for all your needs, whether that's a bespoke wedding event, family funeral tribute, birthday anniversaries, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, anything that you would need flowers for, they can do. And hopefully you all know this by now, they offer 15% off to all O's fans and staff, which could be a huge saving on any costs that you have. So if you want to get in touch with the team, there's various ways to do so. You can give them a call on the phone on 0208 529 4130, or you can go online, have a look at their website, which can be found at www.carolangley.co.uk, or you can find the guys on social media, across all of the platforms on Instagram at Carol Langley Florists and on Twitter at Carol Langley 4 or you can find the team on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. Indeed you can. Uh, Supporters Club now, uh, update for them, two new trips to tell you about. On Tuesday the 28th of November, we're away at Bristol Rovers. Coaches will de- be departing outside the Supporters Club at half past 12. The cost for this one is adults are £33, concessions are 30 and kids aged 15 or under will be travelling for £17. And on Sunday the 3rd of December, that is the FA Cup Sunday ch- um, that we're off up to Chesterfield for that one, just near Nottingham. That's a two o'clock kickoff. Uh, there is a flat fare of thirty quid for this trip, with kids travelling for fifteen pound on the coaches that will be departing again outside the supporters club at eight o'clock. And I looked into this train fares are seventy five quid at the moment, so that is an absolute steal to go for thirty quid. Um, yeah, absolutely. So obviously those prices don't include your match day ticket. So to book on those or any other coaches that the supporters club are running you can go into the supporters club uh, on a match day or call the travel line on 07507 539 579 we also had a message from the famous linda brogan of the supporters club she messaged us to say the starman 2024 is taking place this is confirmed date for your diaries Sunday the 28th of April is taking place as normal at the Prince Regent Hotel. Cost for this one, £75 a ticket. All inquiries should be emailed to events at all.com. Supports Club members have priority till the end of November and all requests can be taken now. So if you aren't a member, or even if you are a member, get an email in to that email address and get your tickets reserved. It will be a night to remember as fantastic night last year but obviously we won the league but it's always a great night Yeah. and when you are emailing over your request if you've got a uh, supports club membership number put that on your email as well so Dave Diaries Sunday the 28th of April hopefully we'll see lots of you there 
Well, yeah, absolutely. Another date for your diaries. We move on to AOB now. And a final reminder that the Loft AGM, that's the Late Laurent Fans Trust, that's taking place this week and it's in person this year. Um, kindly hosted by the friends at the Supporters Club on Thursday, the 16th of November. That is this Thursday coming. Doors are going to be opening at 7 o'clock for a 7.30 meeting start. Zoom option is also available um, for members that are unable to attend in person. Omar Beckles was booked to join them uh, this year. Unfortunately, due to his other commitments, he's had to withdraw. Uh, I think it's down to a PFA meeting that's that's now clashed. But Loft are working hard to secure another guest or two to keep an eye on their social media for confirmation during the course of this week. So that's the 16th of November. It's the Loft AGM. Lovely stuff. So we obviously mentioned that in last week's podcast as well. We also mentioned uh, about the ceremony that was taking place in Coronation Gardens and all the activity the 17 Powers Battalion Band were doing. And we had a message to update you very kindly from Brian Rigby. Who said, would you pass on our thanks from the 17th Palace Battalion Band for the fabulous reception from all sides of the ground, both before and during the formal act of remembrance. All our thanks as well go to the Oxford fans during half-time and a massive thank you to everyone. So kudos to you, Brian, and everyone involved. That was uh, great to see yesterday's match which we'll cover a bit later on in the podcast yeah the Oxford fans were very respectful and very admirable when when people can do that Uh, our thanks also go out to Johnny Epstein and LOFC Teresa for leaving comments on last week's show on Spotify it's a new feature in case you've not known this Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify you can engage and leave comments we do look at them Uh, so thank you very much indeed to both of you for doing that and anybody else who can take a moment to rate it and and make comments would be very much appreciated thank you all right so let's move on into the busy week that was down at the mighty LOFC happy Monday 6th November quite that club no new support this one as many outlookers were enjoying the relaxing and smooth tones of Ken Teague in episode 335. Like you said, the yeah. intro, always great to speak to Ken. Always gives great insight. Always very honest, very approachable. Always a pleasure to have him mm, on the podcast. Absolutely. So let's move on to the busier part of the week then. To Huey Tuesday, the 7th of November. We start this day off by wishing very happy 15th birthday to Super Harry Hebron. Happy birthday, Super Hazard. Hope you had a great day. Also... On this day, the club announced the contenders for the October Goal of the Month award. Five nominees this one. Uh, first up, Jordan Brown for his lovely strike against Reading. Beautiful. George Monker versus Reading. Not sure that constitutes a Goal of the Month nomination. It's happened from the corner, but there you go. Big George <laughs> gets in there. Rule at Satiru versus Carlisle, where he got the ball for Piggott, took it around the keeper. Lovely finish into yeah. the far post. Rob Hunt versus Northampton, a 37 passing man move, if I don't believe I'm mistaken. And Shaq Ford for his last minute equaliser away to Northampton. For me, Tuffy, I think it's between Jordan Brown and Rob Hunt, but I think Rob Hunt takes it for me. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Okay, for me, it's between Jordan and Ruel's goal where he rounds the keeper. Okay. Because uh, I think there's a lot of skill in that. Not to say that Rob's wasn't a good goal, but for me, I think it's between those two. We understand that that goal is, that uh, winner is going to be announced uh, at the Lincoln game. Uh, because there wasn't enough time on Saturday because of the act of remembrance. Great stuff. Good goals there. We'll yeah. see who wins good, it. Good, cho- good options to choose from. It's a nice, nice problem to have. Good dynamic mm. to have. So also on Tuesday, as you all would have known, the O's hosted Portsmouth at home in the EFL Trophy. The team was announced at 6pm. This is one kicked off at 7. And the 11 were Sam Howes, Tom James, Omar Beckles, Ed Towns, Jaden Sweeney, Jordan Brown, Darren Darren Prattley, George Moncur, Phil Archibald, Aaron Drynan, and Ruel Satuyu. And on the bench, we had Sol Brim, Dan Happy, Ethan Galbraith, 
Two young players were called up in Welch and Mohammed with Charlie Pegram and Joe Piggott making up the substitutes bench. Indeed, that side saw several changes to the lineup from Saturday's FA Cup win over Carlisle, including two of the under-18s team uh, said, yeah. in the squad, as Steve's just mentioned. Uh, for me, I expected a few changes, but strong on paper. Delighted for Welsh and Mohammed too, because we've mentioned, I remember we mentioned them last yeah. week. Uh, and their um, exploits in the um, in the academy side. I think Mohammed had scored two goals or, or at least yeah. one goal. Um, so yeah, good to see. Good to see you know the the, the fresh talent coming through. Decent team for me. Uh, good opportunity I think for some players to make a claim for a first team show. You look yeah. at Beckles who has barely featured in the squad yeah. over the last two months. Captain, absolutely. Prattley as well. George Monker, experienced players who were quite pivotal to last year's league winning campaign who have barely featured for a number of reasons with injuries and just not being able to get their place back once they've recovered from their injuries so yeah big opportunity for some of the players on there to uh, get a good run out we actually had quite a lot of engagement uh, in this one considering it's a trophy that many people are fairly oblivious to for the most part so we'll mention a few tweets we've got Les OK52 so that's a very strong team hope we can keep our run going regardless of whether we qualify or not Dave M1812 said it's a strong team with Prattley Monker and Beckles might not be our first choice nowadays but it does show the strength of the squad that we have good, yeah, point. good point Dave Danu it's good to see some youngers in there hopefully they get put on for good experience etc indeed so the match kicked off under the lights of Brisbane Road with Portsmouth pretty much guaranteed passage to the next round but with Orient needing a win by a convincing scoreline in order to proceed yeah so we're going to cover this one briefly 8th minute Theo Archibald put the ball through the legs of Hume saw his shot from a tight angle blocked fast forward to the 21st minute now and Portsmouth were down to 10 men captain and defender Sean Raggett saw red for a challenge on Theo Archibald who was in on goal just outside the 18-yard box and he was deemed to be the last man. So Raggett was given his marching orders from the free kick. George Moncoyer took a decent effort, which was well saved in the end by Schofield. Not sure that was a red, actually. I always like to be quite balanced on this pod. Theo is in behind his man, Raggett, but he's running like away from goal, the angle he's at. So, seen him given. All, all day long seen him given. Don't get me wrong, I'm delighted it was given. But had he given a yellow, I think we'd go, frustrating it wasn't a yeah. red but you know at that point you're like right we've got 70 minutes now for all intents and purposes against Portsmouth's B team so yeah, Portsmouth made 11, 11 changes, changes. Yeah. so you're thinking in a must win game to keep yourself in the trophy and the strength of the team that Orient have played in this game well there's quite a few first teamers in this as well yeah. and quite an experienced bunch of squad players you go I'd fancy us to go and probably now win this game yeah, I agree. You put the pressure on with the extra man, but it never works out that way, does Absolutely. it? Eleven, like ten, <laughs> seems to do better than, than they do with eleven. Uh, unbelievable miss from Christian Sadie uh, of Portsmouth in the thirty-third minute after we gave the ball away. Gavin White showed some neat skill, eventually putting a cross in from the right past the diving Sam Howes, and with two Pompey players waiting at the back post, it was Sadie who put the ball wide under from under some pressure from Omar Beckles I mean what a terrible miss for them it's a terrible miss but I think Omar does really well because he's right behind Sadie who I think thinks he's going to get a clout and maybe overrushes it but yeah he should have scored yeah. like for intents and purposes should have scored but he didn't so good football from the O's in the 40th minute Sophia Archibald put a ball across the goal which found Jane Swinney at the back post his effort went over yeah 10 man Port Pompey went ahead in the 43rd minute as some quick passing saw uh, Sadie find an opening and his low shot rolled into the bottom corner of the net to make it 1-0 to Portsmouth 
I've got to say, I don't think it's been the, like, the best quality of game, um, to be honest with you. I think that goal was quite preventable. Not to sound too harsh, but I think it was a bit of a P-rolling shot. Yeah, a bit of a poor goal to concede, but went behind. Shots for a penalty a minute later. As Dan Prattley went down inside the box, referee awarded the corner. That came to nothing. Yeah, I really thought that was a penalty. Three minutes of added time were played in the second minute. Theo Archibald worked an opportunity on the right-hand side, but his powerful shot was well saved by Schofield. Yeah, no further talking points in the first half. Came to a close with the visitors leading the O's 1-0. Yeah, attendance for this was a whopping 2,371 with a mega 1,065 away fans or away tickets sold. Decent. Whatever way you look at it, that's a decent away attendance. That's a quite a high attendance for a pub. No, it's not Papa John's anymore. Is no, it? it's EFL, Bristol Street Motors. Bristol Street Motors trophy game. All right, second half. I need to win this to stay in the competition. Remember, two changes for the O's at halftime. Ethan Galbraith came on. He replaced Ed Towns. And Theo Archibald came off. He was replaced by Joe Piggott facing his former club. So he was there on loan last season as Orient got the second half underway. Yeah, indeed. A ball in from the right in the 47th minute from Aaron Drinnen found Ruel Sotiriu, whose faint touch beat Schofield, but it hit the post. Jaden Sweeney picked up the loose ball. He was fouled just outside the box and we won a free kick that unfortunately came to nothing. And I just made a note that it was worth pointing out that Darren Prattley is now at centre-back playing alongside Omar Beckles in the centre of defence. Adaptability, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Sotiriu was quite unlucky there. Good little touch on it. Unlucky yeah. not to uh, level all the scores there, but we did level though. Shortly after, 57th minute, Joe Piggott got the ball, controlled Jaden Sweeney's cross from the left, turned, fired a nice shot beyond Reynolds in the Pompey goal to make it 1-0. Nice Fine, goal. Finally, some quality. Good goal from Piggott. We've seen him do that before, um, earlier in the season. And for the life of me, I can't remember who it was, but it, we were at home. Because I remember watching it. I, th- I think we were at home. But anyway, yeah, good goal. Yep, liked it. At that point, you're thinking, right, 35 minutes, come on over, let's go and beat these 10 men and qualify for the next round. Yeah. Two further subs videos follow. Dan Happy came on, he replaced Jordan Brown. Charlie Pegram came on, who's been recalled, obviously, from his recent loan spell, and he replaced Royal Sotiriu. Yeah, 69 minutes now. Tom James delivered an in-swinging cross, which was left by Darren Prattley. Omar Beckles, unfortunately, couldn't get enough of a touch on it. No chance in the 71st minute. After some good build-up play, Darren Prattley returned a pass to Pegram, who took the shot, which went wide. Yeah, in the 73rd minute, Pompey retook the lead after a misplaced pass from Aaron Drynan near the halfway line was intercepted. Two passes later, the onrushing Kamara was through on goal and he slotted the ball past Sam Howes to make it 2-1. For me, I think we were quite poor in our recovery there. Too easy for Portsmouth. They've sliced us open with two passes and this is their second string side, like you said earlier. What quality that they've got to be doing that to us, to our, a lot of first-teamers. And like you said earlier, it's an opportunity for some of the fringe players to, to stake a claim to a shirt. don't see anyone doing that. No, I mean, he took it, Kamara took it well, actually. He did. Uh, quite, a clinical, quite a clinical finish. And yeah, cuts open far too easily. Poor defensive goal to concede. Definitely, everyone would be very disappointed uh, at that point. 78th minute, big point in the game. is a point-blank save by Reynolds, denied down giant and an equaliser from a Tom James corner. So yeah. we're going to differ on this. Because you think that's a great save, don't you? I mean, it's point blank. The keeper's made a save out of more out of reaction yeah, than so anything it, else. So, yeah, for me. So for me, I thought that was a good save, but it was more by probably a little bit more by luck than judgment. Uh, frustrating that one because if he puts it anywhere, two else inches on higher target, or wider, yeah, he scores a goal. So de- decent save, but you'd expect any keeper to save that with a ball literally coming down their neck at him. But again, a chance that you look at it goes should run. 
scored out, yeah, probably. Yeah. Should it, any forward score out, yeah, probably. It'd have been worse if he'd have headed over or headed wide. Yeah. I mean, like exactly. Ruel did the other week where he's put it wide when it was harder to do that than it was to hit the target. So at least he's worked the keeper. Yeah, I guess so. But I yeah. mean, I, I get where you're coming from. Like Frustrating. Yeah, to be that close and to not score yeah. is, is a bit frustrating. Six additional minutes were played in this one. Nothing further to discuss. The referee bought the match and Orient's participation in the EFL Trophy to an end with a 2-1 defeat. Game over, trophy over. Yeah, that's us done for this season. Not to too many disappointment, no. I don't think. Matt Harold spoke to the media after uh, the game. I mean, he he spoke really, really well, Matt, and and he said like we huffed and puffed yeah. a lot, but we didn't we didn't end up doing the things that we needed to do well enough, and you know we got exposed at times. So uh, very honest from Matt. League table for that uh, means that we ended up bottom. We certainly did. So three games. Remember, we lost away to Gillingham in that crazy game where we were cruising and then lost a the game two one. Obviously, we beat Fulham on penalties, just about lost to Portsmouth. So, two points, one win, two defeats. We're out of competition. That's it. Done. Your brief views on this one, Mr. Levy? Yeah, poor game that lacked quality, I thought, at times. A lot of sloppy, misplaced passing. We didn't look like we had the man advantage. In fact, quite the opposite. We looked like we had 10 men versus their 11. Our passing, sloppy, poor to me. I don't really think that's acceptable. Okay. Some of the passing, if you, if you watch the game, uh, misplaced lazy, lacking enough pace on the ball to make it to the man, all this kind of stuff, the sloppy stuff that you would expect to see youth sides doing, not people that are trying to stake a claim to a shirt doing, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Shows our strength and depth isn't quite there. Um, as I say, as players weren't really able to step up when, when needed, but conversely, Portsmouth's second string did very well. Maybe it's because we weren't good enough. Um, had everyone turned up and given 110%, maybe we'd have steamrolled them uh, you know, with, with 10 men. But again, it's not a competition that I'm particularly fussed about. I'd rather have a more prestigious FA Cup run um, and, and, and do well in the league. Yeah, but you've got to remember they're a much bigger club than Orient, so their second string is going to be fairly strong, yeah. given the budget. I think Kamara actually started for them yesterday. I think he might have even scored hence his performance on Tuesday, got him into the first there team. There you go. For me, I didn't watch it. I didn't really watch the full match back. Uh, so for me, very brief. Seems like a missed opportunity to mm. progress. I think Richie and Ken last week spoke about the importance of winning. Yeah, Keep winning. Point. So obviously, there's no financial impetus to really do anything in this trophy until you get to literally like the semis or the final where the money is, I take it. So disappointed, yes. Worried, no, not really. I do think some players missed an opportunity here. George Monker started the game. I know we've gone through the game briefly. We didn't mention George Monker once and yeah. what we've said in the main chances in the game. Drynan, another opportunity for Drynan, hasn't really delivered. Beckles, doesn't sound like he's done himself any favours to get near the first team for the forthcoming league game. Prattley, Prattley does alright. Prattley is always a solid eight, I think, for the most part. But, yeah, I think a few players will be disappointed with their performances there. So, those were our views. We had quite, again, quite a lot of feedback uh, following this competition. Obviously, a lot of people, like we said, boycott it, don't bother with it. But just because we read these out does not mean we agree with it. Conway underscore Nigel says, Oh my God, what a complete and utter shocking performance. Play like that on Saturday and we will get severely walloped. Steve Chaplin 4 said, Wellens will be disappointed with the fringe players who didn't make a claim for a starting place. Too many sloppy passes, no cutting edge, however hard it is to get to... Um, to get to to get worked up over this competition. I think most people probably feel the same in that yeah. one. Daniel underscore D44 says, disappointing. 
Some positives though, Piggott scored, Sweeney looked good, and so did Pegram. Not sure what Drynan thought he was playing for. Andy underscore PO16 said it was so poor. Defending for the second was woeful. Bragging rights in my house still with the Pompey half and using an excuse that I couldn't care less about this competition holds no weight when they've won with 10 for 70 minutes. Now to avoid the inevitable Mickey take from mates down here. Cheers. <laughs> Good luck, Andy. We hope uh, we hope you're all, uh, you're okay. Yeah, Thoughts are with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Philip Buccello said, all good. Focus on the league and the magic of the FA Cup. Yeah. James Eastwood, 83, said, one to forget in a hurry. Glad it's only the Mickey Mouse trophy. Few players will need to pull their socks up for the weekend or if they want to challenge for a starting spot. And from now on, there are no games where they can afford to be loose in and around, in possession, sorry, and passing. Yeah, David Carroll, one to performance, was very similar to the Fulham. Disjointed, lethargic, and at times a bit clueless. Ultimately, we never won a game in 90 minutes in this trophy. Both home games feel like missed chances. Good summary. I agree, yeah. The tipping Tim said, I didn't see the game and I don't really care about the result, but it's a worry how bad we look anytime El Miz isn't on the pitch. Never good to be so reliant on one player, not least when said player is a low knee. Interesting point. Really good point. Good point. Alan Mack, 7010, said, To be honest, I'm not too interested in the Cups this season. I know a Cup run is good for the club. But the priority has to be our league position. We didn't have a good start, but we've really improved. So let's concentrate on the league. Yeah, Ron Sampson, 15, with the penultimate word. So once again, too much fannying about with the ball. Remember, Pompey made 11 changes to a team that lost to non-league opposition on Sunday. And they had 10 men. The O's had 71% possession, yet lost. Very poor. Just goes to show you, stats don't mean anything. You can have 90% yeah. possession. If you don't shoot at the goal or, or get your shots in the back of the net, don't mean nothing. Absolutely. Good, sweet there. Final word on Portsmouth goes to Dan Orton. 2590 says, happy we're out. But we have to be honest and say that we bottled it and fluffed our lines Very to be good. playing against 10 men from the 76th minute. With the game that they only want to lose without being that much of a threat, it's pretty shameful. Only positive is Piggott scoring again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well... Uh, covered with that tricky swear word as well that you managed to avoid. Well done. So those are the views of the Portsmouth match. Uh, quick prediction league update. The aforementioned Dan Alton 2590. Well done to you. PM31970. Stephen Oren, LOFC Teresa. Props to you all who correctly predicted that we would lose that game 2-1. You all get three points and a top of the prediction league roundup will follow at the end of this show. All right. So as well as the EFL trophy matches, there were also three fixtures being played in League One. And the O's slipped down a place to 15 due to Bristol Rovers getting a point away at Reading. Yeah, congratulations to Orient player Ethan Light. He scored his first ever hat-trick uh, in his career while on loan at Hendon FC against Hamworth Villa. Now, I don't know who Hamworth Villa are, but well done <laughs> to Ethan Light. It's always a proud moment for you to, to score your first hat-trick. I thought Ethan Light was a defender. I'm sure Ethan Light was a defender. Fair play to him, whether he's a... Three attacker, midfielder, forward. Well played, Ethan Light. Yeah, a name I'm sure we'll hear a lot more of in the future. Wednesday, the 8th of November. Then, after all the drama on Tuesday night, <laughs> Wednesday was a nice and chilled one. Quite bad at the club. No news to report. Good day. I'll say, I'll say, the, I'll say the next one as well, obviously. Yeah. Thursday night for November. A happy birthday to my good friend, South Stand Chum, Bearded Lejande, the daddy the one and only, the 44 year old. Mr. Paul Levy. You didn't need to say my age. Um, <laughs> thank you for the lovely tweet. Much, much obliged to you. Always thank you very pleasure. much. Yeah, lovely tweet. Thanks to everyone who also sent their wishes in. Uh, it is humbling and honouring. So thank you very much indeed, everybody. It's the, such a nice thing where people like we've never met before yeah. from all over like the country. And the world. Because it's pretty fair to say and the world. Yeah. 
message and go, hope you have a just to take a minute out of your day birthday. to say happy birthday to someone yeah. that you've you listened to and don't really know. I, I think yeah, that's why I'm humbled by it all because it is genuinely touching that people do do that. There's a lot of like awful stuff on social media at the moment. Hundred percent horrid, but sometimes social media can be nice. Yeah, and it can be good. That's a lovely example of the Orient community coming together on social media, and a nice example of how social media should be used. I think it's fair to oh, say. Oh, yeah, very nice. Very very poignant Thank you. of you to say so. Um, <laughs> happy birthday to you. If you've had a birthday this year, if you've got one coming up, happy birthday. Let us know. Love to give you a shout out. Speaking of birthdays, Friday the 10th of oh. November, I'm in good company. Sam Howes <laughs> turned 26. <laughs> so goalkeeper Sam Howes' birthday on Friday the 10th. Happy Absolutely. birthday to you. Busy Friday as well. Not only Sam yeah. Howes' birthday, the under-16s went off to Portugal. They're currently competing in the Algarve Cup. Look forward to hearing about the progress of oh, that. So good luck to the under-16s. Imagine being under-16 going away to Orient, to Portugal. You'd be having the time of your life. Oh, you'd love it, wouldn't you? This is what it'd be like to be like <laughs> pros that when they go, like, not Champions League, but when you're going on a European tour. Oh, the club confirmed that our fixture next week against Port Vale, that's Saturday the 18th of November, that's been postponed due to international call-ups in the Port Vale squad. They've got three players away on international duty, two, I believe, with England under-20s, and they are regular players, unfortunately. Uh, information for the rearranged fixture will be announced in due course. Everyone off to Port Vale on a Tuesday night. Yeah, terrible, isn't it? Because that's it. not even local. It's a good couple of hours. That's near it? Stoke. Yeah, a good couple of hours. So, yeah. also on a Friday, club confirmed again that the FA Cup second round to Chesterfield is going to be played on Sunday, the 3rd of December, kicking off at 2pm so I have this one down as a potential TV but TV fixtures are out and it's not Chesterfield no. versus Orient that's unfortunate I thought that would be great TV coverage yeah not UK broadcasting I think that's probably international broadcast absolutely which is a real shame because it's not really a glamour is it if you just look at it there's like two divisions apart Chesterfield oh, top of the National League they've just beat Pompey you thought that's a certain one for TV special TV but mm. they've the TV men, the big boys, have said that there's four other games that are more appealing to the football audience. I don't see Wimbledon, Wimbledon Ramsgate, Wrexham Yeovil, Wrexham Yeovil, Wigan away at Dover, I think, or or someone, yeah, and something else that isn't really Alfreton, something or other. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, the Orient game, as it stands, not to be on TV. No. So that's why the Supporters Club coach is a really good uh, value yes. for money deal. Finally, congratulations to former... I say finally because it's the last piece of news uh, on Friday. Congratulations to former Leighton Orient keeper Sam Sargent. He achieved his third ever career promotion, this time with his new club, Waterford oh, FC. So well done to you, Sam. We've, we're absolutely thrilled for you. Big Sammy. Yes, yeah. I love it. Well played, Sam Sargent. So moving on then to Saturday the 11th of November, a very poignant day at the 11th hour. On the 11th day of the 11th month, we will remember them. They shall grow, not old, as we, that's a left grow old, age shall not weary them, nor these condemn, we will remember them. So obviously a very important day. I think the club that will obviously come on to done a fantastic, yeah. fantastic job yesterday in their tribute. Absolutely spot on. The Young O's were in action. They were at home against Sutton United. They went behind in the 17th minute. Although they did find an equaliser in the 74th minute, the match did end one all. So well done, Young O's, to come from behind. Yeah, not a bad draw there. So the main event on Saturday was the visit of Oxford United. And as always, before the game, we ran our Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We had 333 votes. That's not bad at all. Fairly close votes. 26% of you. 40 years would get a draw in this one. 27% 40 years would lose. 
and a whopping 47% actually thought the O's would win. So yeah, very optimistic. Very of optimistic. You. So the team was announced at 2 p.m. Sol Brin started in goal. James, Turns, Happy, and Cooper were the back three with Archibald, Brown, El Miz, Drinan, Satiru, and Piggott making up the starting 11. Substitutes for this one Sam Howes, Hunt, Prattley, Gabrave, Sanders, Moncur, and Shaq Ford. Yes, yeah, so that meant there were returns to the matchday squad for Rob Hunt and Max Sanders after their respective injuries. So, Bill Legenda, how are you feeling at 2 o'clock on that team? Yeah, right? you look at that, that's, that's a strong lineup, pretty much as I expected. I did think Ethan Galbraith would actually get a start in this. I thought his creativity and, and his skillfulness and his qualities would, would be good against a really strong side, playing second in the league. They're not up there by fluke. I know they've just lost their manager, which is always a... They're either going to bounce and like do really well or they're just going to sink like a stone. Yeah. Um, obviously, as it turns out, it was the, the former. But strong game-changing bench as well with Sanders and Galbraith on it as well. So I, I quite like that. Yeah, for me, it looks, a sh- looks strong. Bit lopsided, so obviously you mentioned Galbraith not playing, that was at the expense of going from a three in the central midfield area to a two, with obviously Drynan being played as part of a three forwardly. I never like that. Drynan, again, for me, is a centre forward, he's not a right forward or a left forward. I felt like looking at it, you're trying to work out where people, certain players, are going to go and play in that. So, wasn't sure about it, wasn't sure about the formation. I will say though, I'm my Beckles from starting on Tuesday, not even in that squad. So I'm not sure where that leaves Omar Beckles in mm. his future. He's got to be one of the top owners at the club, I would imagine, based on last season and signing, I think, a contract last season at the club. Surprised that. Or the summer. Possibly. He's not surprised that Beckles, when you, especially when you've got three centre backs playing, obviously two loanees as well. Imagine if you're Omar Beckles tonight, you ain't going to be too happy. No. Interesting one there. I think that's probably maybe one to keep an eye on. Yeah. I felt. But look, you said you were quite happy that bench. Problem for me with that bench, if that sounded a little harsh, and you're playing two up front, there's no game changer for me on that bench. As it stands, Galbraith and Sanders are good players. Are they game changers? Are they impact game changers? No. Moncur should be, not sure. Ford, maybe I've done Ford a bit of a disservice there because he obviously came on against Northampton and scored the last yeah, one equaliser. Yeah. But you look at it, you, then I looked at that bench and I thought that's going to be a tough one for any of those really type of big impacting. So maybe it was just because I was cold and it was Saturday. And was just <laughs> Depends how they play, doesn't it? Because yeah. if they're able to pick that pass that unlocks their the defence and pick yeah, up Ruel or Drizzy is in. Um, yeah, interesting. Better later, never tweeted us and said, Great to see Sanders on the bench. Come on, you O's. Yeah, Ed Turns. The Ed Turns. The real Ed Turns. The real Ed Turns. Please stand up. It's a good, solid team for three points. Phil Beasy one said, Tough on Galbraith, but a great opportunity for Drinnan to build on the goal last week. Otherwise, super strong. Good to see Hunt and Max back on the bench. Yeah, Paul Redrum. So, not sure Richie's got it right with this team. Would have had Sweeney and Galbraith in and James and Drynan out. But Richie, we trust. Up the O's. Len Chin Chin one said, back to the league and a chance for points against second in the table. Oxford within form, long-term players and an interim manager. A difficult win, need balls in the box and good clinical link-up play. However, we rely on our team to give a good performance to a sellout crowd. A, a must win. Oh, must win for yeah. Len Chin Chin. All right, so obviously the teams uh, came out with uh, all the uh, military involvement as well in the same thing yeah. Powers Battalion Band and the two flags that's a new flag on me obviously we've seen we used to the song one but a new flag I thought it was very well very done lovely. about our heroes so well played to everyone 
involved in that one. The last post was played and an impeccably observed minutes silenced by both sets of fans that we've mentioned before, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. As managers, managerless Oxford got the game underway, they were looking to maintain their great start to the season, so currently in second place. A fantastic job that Liam Manning has done there, to be yeah. fair. Against the Inform O's, so we were unbeaten in the last five league games going into this one. So it had the promise of being a very close and a very entertaining Tight match. game. Yeah. First chance for us came in the sixth minute as Ruel Soteri met uh, Theo Archibald superb early cross. Unfortunately, he headed over Beadle's crossbar. And that's what I love about Archibald in terms of he can just knock the ball ahead of him and then not even really look up and put in a peach of a ball. That's a fantastic cross by Theo. He knows where Ruel's going to be or Archibald, whoever he's aiming yeah, for. Yeah, it's a great cross. Oxford went close in the 11th minute after Mills had a shot which went uh, just wide after a deflection. But obviously, that was a counter-attacking chance. And you could tell that Oxford had a good team shape around them, had a yeah. good game plan, pinging yeah. them from left to right and right to left. And they paced on both wings. And you're going, you can see already why they are, where they are in the league. Yeah. You were like, this team are a bit better than what I've seen previously down this neck of the With Harrison Bowden looking to poach as well. Yeah, good team. Very much so, yeah. Uh, 14 minutes, bit more fight from the Orient as we closed Oxford down well. Ball came to Tom James. His cross into the box was missed by Aaron Drinnan and Joe Piggott. Yeah, unlucky there for the O's. 21st minute, and Theo Archibald lost the ball high up the pitch, but fair play to him. Ran most of the pitch, I think it was at least 50 yards, to help recover the ball. Well done there to Superb Archibald. recovery from him. Um, exactly the effort and the lung-busting effort that you want to see from a player who's made a mistake and tries to recover from it. And you can tell the crowd appreciated that. Like, 100%. The ovation he got when he won the ball back. Yeah. Like, fair play, mate. Made a mistake, busted your... Yeah, to get back in the backside to get well there. Absolutely. And if you don't appreciate that, then probably League One football's not for you. 28 minutes <laughs> on the clock. An unbelievable save from Sol Brin denied Harris from point blank range after Rodriguez... Uh, played the ball to Mills out on the right, our defence uh, cutting our defence open. He crossed the ball into Harris, but with the goal at his mercy, Brim made a recovery save and a save from the rebound from a tight angle as Harris uh, hit the post. Bit too easy there for them. For that, them. that Rodriguez ball from the centre, I mean, he just dashed it out. Carved it open. Carved it straight Super open. Ball. I thought Mills' ball back into Harris was fantastic. Harris should have really scored that. Brim does well to get his hands there. And yeah, we had a bit of a let off there. I think we were saying, like, oh, right, right. let's get past this one, but too easy for Oxford there. Rodriguez was a good player. I didn't really notice it whilst at the actual game, so when you're watching the highlights back, you're like, they're number 10, he keeps dropping back and literally just spraying the ball around yeah. easily. Yeah, agreed. Easily, yeah, good player. Yeah, absolutely right. Terrible mistake then in the 31st minute. Sol Brin missed pass the ball straight to Harris, just outside our area. He took his time and played it into the uh, previously mentioned Rodriguez. He picked his spot. Bent his effort away from Brin into the bottom of the corner there to make it 1-0 to Oxford. So maybe League 2 you get away with that. League 1, very rarely you get away with that. And you're not going to get away with that against a team second in the league who are enjoying the spell. Yeah. Bosch punished 1-0. Shame. It's the only mistake that you can really blame Sol Brin that he's ever made, really, or claim on him. Uh, stake a claim on him. Shame. Um, and he was gutted and upset by it as well but we have to move on 36 minutes Theo Archibald had a strike from the edge of the box but his effort went over the bar certainly did three minutes of time were added on played and in the first minute from a long ball Dan Happy won the header it went only as far as Rodriguez who wasn't closed down he easily held off Jordan Brown behind him and he then sent a cold effort from just outside the area which beat Bryn came back off the post into the bar for Bodin who headed the ball into the net to make it 2-0 to the visitors I think 
there, there's options in all the mistakes, all the goals that we give away. There is always a lack of second, they call it second and third like phases of recovery. And Jordan Brown was just too easily had, I hate finger pointing here, but as we were a, a game by game reviewer, yeah. Brown, uh, yeah, and, and, and Brown didn't do enough to hold the guy off. And then when the ball comes back off the post, Bowden's sitting there waiting with two Orient defenders, I think Happy and Oops. and Cooper are standing there and, and he beats them to it, which shouldn't be the case. I thought we were opened up a little bit too much there. Um, and I think Cooper, I think, was probably more closer to it than, than Happy from re-watching that back. It's just... Not good enough. Yeah. Not being clinical enough in our, in our own box. I think we should be disappointed from the initial shot, like you said. So Brown Duck can't get close enough to Rodriguez and in turns takes an age to get out to Rodriguez to close him down. Yeah. And then once it hits the post, Bowden is in between. Happy, who's just kind of stuck in the ground almost. Yeah. And Cooper is too busy peeling for offside when he's not offside and not really like... Lost his concentration. Bowden is just in there because of space. Easy finish for them. 2-0... And then no further talking points, reference to half to close. 2-0 down. Yeah, at half-time. 8,613 packed into Brisbane Road. 1,258 Oxford fans made the trip uh, into the capital. As you'd expect. Yeah, I, I mean, I made a note at half-time. I thought it was the toughest, most complete side we've seen here so far. Well-drilled, fast, skillful, dangerous on the counter. Yeah. Good side. I mean, I missed Portsmouth because I was on holiday. That's the only other game I'd say... The team who might yeah. have been as classy as them. Obviously, Stevenage beat us 3 0, but Stevenage won a patch on what I saw from Oxford. Yeah. Yesterday, in, term, in terms of a footballing team, you can see kind of where yeah. they were where they were at half time. The 17th Palace Battalion Band made their way around the pitch once more, paying tribute to our fallen heroes again with those two Orient flags, which is great to see. And again, all four sides of the ground applauding yeah. as they would. So, Very fair play, like I said, to the Oxford United fans who applauded that because. Obviously, Oxford and Orient don't like each other. It's well documented. You can tell that with the songs that are going back and forth. But when it mattered on the important part of the day, both sets of fans were like spot on. So absolutely putting differences aside, yeah, which is what football is all about. There were no changes at half time. We got the second half underway, and just a minute later, Oxford extended their league again through Rodriguez, who managed to get the ball into the net after it pinged around our box following two blocked efforts from Harris, uh, which came from a corner originally to make it 3-0 to the visitors. I mean, how they've managed to score that when we've got loads of bodies around the ball. Again, not being clinical enough. Uh, again, poor defending and all flat-footed and ball-watching. That was really poor. That was a bit like, wasn't it? it's like game over now. Like You come out and go, OK, if we score within the first 15, 20 minutes, then it's game on, the crowd will kind of get yeah. behind them and then they got time to defend it. 3-0, you thought, oh, I think it's, it's almost done. felt like game set and match, it didn't did, it really? It really did. However... We pulled a goal back almost immediately. It's Tom James putting across from the right towards the back post and some confusion in the Oxford box as Aaron Dryden jumped in front of Stevens, who put the ball into his own net past Beadle. Suddenly we had a lifeline at 3-1. It's funny because the guy sits behind us, I won't name, uh, all those names Ed, uh, went down for a beer in the 39th minute. Would have missed the goal to make two it 2-0. Goals. He missed three yeah. goals. He missed 2-0, two, he missed 3-0 nil, nil, and he missed 3-1. That's what happens. That's what happens. But in the space of what? 10 minutes of play not even 10 minutes of play like 7 minutes of play 3 goals 4 goals a crazy game yeah but even at 3-1 so. I was thinking I still can't see a way back into it but I digress take a bit of luck take a bit of luck they had luck in their first yeah. goal with uh, Bryn's mistake and we've had 
that gift come yeah. back to us. So uh, mm. I thought the omens might be there for us. 51 minutes confusion between Ed Turns and Idris Elmazuni saw Rodriguez pick up the ball. He played the ball forward to Harris, got in behind Dan Happy, Brandon Cooper running towards him and just soldering to beat. He went for the chip, but his effort, very good effort, fortunately for us, hit the bar. That was a great effort, actually. It was, yeah. He took it really early. He probably could have like, gone round Bryn, like, notched it round yeah. Bryn and gone. But he's, he's gone Massive for the, let off for us. At 3-1, he's gone, I'm going to go for like, the spectacular. I'm going for the Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We've not done the basics anywhere near well enough to recover that either. So no. that, that, for me, was a huge, a huge let off. All right, 63rd and then free yeah. kick one deep in the O's half. Solbrin pumped it long from the right. Brandon Cooper won the header from the left, which looped across the box into the path of the waiting I call a little Cypriot hot shot, Rios to you, and he absolutely levered the shot beyond Beadle, suddenly to make it 3-2 out of nothing. Perfect. To make it 3-2. Absolutely perfect. What a shot. That is a great goal. Ruel read that. If you watch the, re- the, yeah. the replay back, he watches and reads where the ball might end up. So his anticipation was spot on there. And for me, I noted game on. I love the way fireworks are going off as we're talking about that goal, as they <laughs> yeah. should do. It's like, Very nice fireworks as well. He took it well. <laughs> Again, the frustrating thing about Ruel is that some of the ones he's missed recently have been much harder yeah. than the one he's scored. And he's absolutely beautifully, Easier. sweetly finished. He's that. missed so, easier efforts, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. game on with 25 yeah. minutes left. But he owes in the ascendancy. Yeah. Another cross was played in from the right from Tom James. I think he took a throw in, short throw into Jordan Brown and played like a one-two of him. Yeah. Crossed the ball in. Dan Happy beat his man, got his head to the ball. Beadle was beaten. But the ball hit the outside of the post and went away. Two inches the other way. Three inches the other way. That's three-all. Had we made it three-all at that point, we'd probably go and win the game. Potentially, yeah. Because I think they'd be so deflated to manage this. They'd be all looking at each other. I don't know whether they were coming or going. Yeah. Crowd would be absolutely going insane for the Orient. I think yeah. we'd probably go and win that game if that goes in. Potentially. Fine at margins. least we walk away with a point. Fine margins. Jordan Brown picked up a book in along with Elliot Moore for the visitors in the 67th minute. Yeah, with 20 minutes left. Double sub for the O's as Ed Towns made way for Ethan Galbraith and Jordan Brown made way for Darren. Darren Pratt. I love that... Uh, one yeah. more year, one more year, Darren Pratley. <laughs> and then he goes up to 10 more years. Yeah. Like, Whoever thought of that is genius. Darren yeah. Pratley's now got like two amazing Orient songs. Yeah, yes. I've never known a player to have so many songs. <laughs> 73 minutes, Tom James went close to equalising after his volley went agonisingly wide oh. off the goal following our corner. Their keeper with Beatle was flat footed, wasn't it? Yeah. Just like, oh, again, just went wild, like you said. 77th minute, uh, famous Darren Pratley got booked for a foul on Brown. Pratty looked a bit rogue. There was he'd done a challenge after his yellow card. You're like Darren Pratty, just calm down yeah. a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to get yourself sent off. But bit of blood rushing to the head, there, wasn't it? it? Yeah, 82 minutes now as we look to wrap this up. Aaron Drinham replaced was replaced, sorry, by Shaq Ford and Idris Elmazuni was replaced by Max Sanders. 85th minute, standard Richie Wellens gets his customary yellow card for arguing with the ref. <laughs> yeah, five minutes of time went up, and unfortunately, there weren't really any uh, major talking points as the referee brought an entertaining game to a close with the O's unable to find the equaliser fall into a 3-2 defeat at the hands of Oxford now five minutes is a bit of a contentious we were all talking about it it was a bit of a contentious only five minutes when you think there was what four goals in that second half substitutions there's four goals in that second half I think Orient made five subs based on what we've just gone through. Oxford made at least a good couple of subs. You'd thought it'd be seven or eight potentially. Yeah. Only Plus five their minutes. time wasting for their keeper, taking it from one he side got to the in, other. Didn't he? Did he get a book in? No. I'm sure he did. Okay. No, so, he didn't get booked. Yeah, you could tell at the full time whistle how relieved they were. Yeah. Because they were celebrating it like they'd won the Champions League. I guess as you'd expect, right? It's been a big old emotional week for Oxford United. Lost their manager, big game for them. They're very relieved there. But you could tell how kind of happy they were. 
with that win. So yeah. Richie went and spoke to Dave Victor after the match. We're going to play part of Richie's interview. So here's what Richie has to say to Dave Victor post-match. Thank you. I've got uh, Richie Weathers uh, with us, and uh, you know it was a, a battling display, but a, a, a tough afternoon, wasn't it, Richie? Um, for the first 15 minutes, it was very reminiscent, very similar to the Portsmouth game at home, where we played really well in parts and we went one nil down. Obviously, it's a mistake, so it's difficult. But then we can see just before half time, and then just before, our, just after half time. So the first 50 minutes was was very, very similar. The positives are where we just drifted against Portsmouth, and you know we just didn't really affect the game. We felt sorry for our for ourselves. We we looked like a team who lacked experience. We still lack experience, but we fought. We got the goal straight away back. We got another goal, and. It was a bit frustrating. I'm proud of the players because they responded well at 3-0 down because they're a good team. But we just didn't stick to the game plan. And that's that's frustrating. You know, for the first 20 minutes, you, you probably might have recognised it. We didn't want to play today. We, got, we, we, we thought that they had certain weaknesses where we could just play forward, dominate them physically, um, land on second balls, play forward again, you know, and really, and really make it tough for them that way. Um, but... When we, when we had the patches of 10, 15 minutes right now, we look really good playing like that. It's not how I want to play, but you have to respect the opposition. They're a good team. And um, we just had moments where we decided, OK, we don't want to stick to the game plan. We're going to pass backwards. We're going to play short. And we're going to play against a team that, you know, with that 3-4-3, three, three, with that bot, it's quite difficult to play through the middle of them. Um, and we found ourselves 2-0 down from... And they could have had a couple more, but it was all our mistakes. The only, the only danger, I'd, I'd never felt at any stage he was going to cut us open in the first half from counter-attacks to the threat. They've got pace, Harris is quick, Rodriguez is quick, um, and they've got players that can, Mills is quick. And when we turn the ball over, sometimes from in general play, and sometimes from set plays or long throws, you know, they got us on a counter-attack. We've got two midfield players on the edge of the box that, when the ball is going in, in from TJ, their first thought is to get on the end of it to score. Well, it's not is to make sure that your zone is covered so you don't counter-attack. So again, it's a little a little lack of experience. But um, you're playing against a team that are, you know, we've got a lot of experience in the team and a lot of players that have played a lot of games at the level. So um, I was proud of the players, but we still, we, we've still got a lot of improvement in us. So that was uh, Richie Wellens talking to Dave Victor, who uh, was working uh, for BBC London. You say that interview went out to BBC London. So thanks, Dave, as always, to, uh, to send uh, for sending that uh, into us. Speaks a lot of sense, and uh, yeah, obviously not very happy with uh, with the outcome there. Yeah, as you would expect. So league table. So randomly, despite that loss, we moved up from fifteenth two places to thirteenth <laughs> on goal difference. So. Uh, Cambridge United got absolutely whooped 5-0, so their goal difference took a hammer in. Burton Albion lost 2-0 to Northampton, so their goal difference took more of a hammer in than what ours done. So after 16 games now, we've won 5, drawn 5, lost 6, goal difference are minus 5, 20 points, 13th place. So a bit of a strange, strange old week mm. in terms of the league table movement. So, Bid Lejande, your views yesterday on Oxford United. Yeah, I mean, like I said to anyone that would listen to me after the game yesterday, that is what a top League One side looks like, and that's where we need to be. Fast on the counter, purposeful with their passing, solid with their defending. I mean, they're number five, that solid 
that big guy. I mean, he had quite good feet as well. Uh, everything that we lacked today, I thought, but that's not a put down on us. It's just a nod to how good they uh, they actually were. We didn't really help ourselves. I think if our passing was a bit more purposeful and accurate, I think we'd have been better for it. I thought there was a lot of backwards and sideways passing huh. when um, when it was better to make a forward pass. I'm not suggesting do it for the sake of it, but we have to be a little bit more uh, purposeful with that. And also, far be it from me to judge uh, as obviously I'm not a master tactician like Richie, but I'm not sure if Richie got the tactics right for this one. I thought we should have gone with a flat back four. I thought moving th Theo is not a left wing back. He is a, an attack minded player. To ask him to do the defensive stuff is not in his in his um, in his game. It's not what he's been been doing. Yeah, okay, he'll do it because that's what's asked of him. But you know, I think if you're going to do that, you need a different type of player. Um, to do that kind of job, um, and and he's you know to his credit he is an out and out attacking winger, and I'm just not seeing enough of him. I'd like to see more crosses coming in the box, more shots from him. I think he sets himself a goals per season uh, target that he's not been doing. Um, but I just thought that you know the flat that the back three I thought they were a little bit slow, a bit laboured maybe at times that, that allowed their faster pacey strikers to to get in um, uh, to get in behind us, and they had too many golden opportunities and, and we just weren't clinical enough up top with the golden chances that we created great goal by Ruel um, they seemed to that seemed to give us the, the lift the momentum but we just couldn't really make it count gave ourselves really too much of a mountain to climb by conceding so early on in the second half Mills Harris Rodriguez the three names that we've mentioned most of uh, in our review uh, were outstanding uh, as did their number five who I just mentioned I think they're, they're three their left back practically won everything yeah. that we pumped in the air to them uh, not our best performance but it does show you where we need to be in terms of the levels of our performances and, and, and also the quality of our finishing that we need um, talk this one off as, 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 as a learning curve and, and move on not to be despondent or downbeat about it it's one of those that you take on the chin and, and, and move on there's no shame in it I don't know how I feel about this one. I've got to be honest. Obviously, they're a very good team, and you can either come at it from a half empty or half full yeah. perspective. You go half empty, well, we're 3 0 down. It was over by the 46th minute. They took the foot off the gas. Half full, you go, all right, we're 3 0 down. We got back to 3 2. On a day with more luck, you get back to 3 1, and you don't know what's going to happen. So, I don't know how I feel about it. I will say it's the first time I've seen this season at Brisbane Road who. For me, it clearly been a level beyond what we are. So I kind of found it a bit, not humbling, that's not the right word, but a bit demoralising a little bit. Because obviously you have Kent on, you get all excited. You and Nigel talking about bits and pieces. You're like, yeah, we're definitely on the right trajectory. Obviously, the football we've played over the last like, 10, 15 league games has been fantastic. We've all got a bit excited. All secretly hoping we might be able to get our noses up the table. I thought yesterday, I thought Oxford was just miles above us, like in every compartment. So... A little bit deflated by that one. I thought we looked scared. So Cooper turns unhappy as that three have been fantastic, I think, um, since that three have been playing together. I thought yesterday was the first game, and I don't know why they looked uncomfortable. Whether it was the press of Oxford. Oxford's press was very good. They were on us immediately. And something I noticed really early on is that we like to play it around the back. A lot of the times, very early on, we didn't. Bringer booed up the pitch a couple of times. I thought, this is a bit weird. I've not seen this before. Um, but yeah, every time they came at us, whether it was Cooper or Turns or Happy, who have been, you know, for their age, I thought they've done really well. They've always looked quite yeah good and comfortable in more difficult situations. Like against Barnsley, for example, 
when they face like Devante Cole and Max Waters, who established strike force, especially Devante Cole, they look fine. They don't look scared at all. Yesterday, every time Rodriguez got that ball, they looked petrified. They looked petrified of Bowling, they looked petrified of the seven. Whether that was, I don't know why that was. Don't know what they practiced in training. Um, so yeah, you know, I think like you, I love Richie Williams. I think we have to respect him for what he's done for the club. But at the same time, he can't be immune to criticism. I think he got him wrong yesterday. I think the, the tactics were wrong yesterday. I think hopefully Solbrin learns from this. He's been fantastic this season. All keepers make mistakes. I'm in a position where if you make a mistake, you're going to get absolutely punished. So Brent will come back stronger. I thought Real took his goal really well. So again, really impressed with him. Seven goals this season. It looks like he's going to get 15 to 20 this season based on his strike rate so far. I think a few players would normally be great for us just had off days. Jordan Brown is normally a good solid A out of 10. I thought Brown was at about five yesterday or six yesterday. Unlike him, Ole Miss again. Again, normally really consistent. One of his slower days. Again, Tom James, I thought, played really well yesterday. Piggott couldn't really do much to get any opportunities. Drying, I think, it was a bit wasted in where he was. Yeah, it's one of those where you just talk it off, chalk it off, go again. Hopefully just a blip. See what happens. Absolutely. So we had a lot of feedback after this match. So thanks to everyone who sent their views in. And again, just because we're reading them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. And Theo, the Wyvern, kicks us off this week and in this game, sorry, and says at two three, why did we stop doing the things that got us back into the game? We lost the point there. Yeah, Poplar thirty two says lacking depth in the squad and lacking know how, lacking the confidence to take a shot, lacking competition up front. We half the puffed, but Oxford should have been out of sight. Also, I think Theo as a winger would have loved playing against Theo. As a wing back. Yeah, Boatsy said, if we didn't concede straight after the break, we could have taken something from the game. It was a great advertisement for League One football. Oxford just showed that little bit more quality to win. At least we now have time to work on things on the training ground. Alan Reeves too. So overall, that was garbage. Far too slow on the ball and serious lack of quality. Our best opportunities came from long balls and getting the ball in the box. But Oxford could have had eight. We are miles off. Wellington's getting booked again was poor. I thought the ref, though, had a good game. The ref let quite a lot go. Like he, he was quite... Leaning. eager to be like free and flying football which I guess is probably a testament to yep. Mark Ros 63689509 said you can't play soccer suicide against any side let alone a good one had a go in the second half but it wasn't to be we learn and we move on I thought we lost any momentum playing Galbraith where he was thought their number 8 was a different class for them that's what the big bucks get to you yeah, it's yeah. true their, their budget is like top end budget yeah, that's yeah. what that looks yeah. like and you can I guess tell that on the pitch as well yeah. when they're playing painting oriented Oxford as one of the strongest in the league was simply clinical and made the most of our errors however we didn't fold and gave them loads to worry about in the second half and a rasping finish from Real and Tom James now proving his worth a run in the team Dave Brew, 47976911, said, Just about the right result, I thought. Left ourselves a mountain to climb, but I've got to say, Oxford's game management after we hit the post was superb. James, definitely man of the match. Have to say, I thought Dan Happy was awful. Well, I don't think Happy was any worse than the other two. Next no. over, again, it's one you have the beholder, isn't it? Yeah. Dear Stu, it's a great fight back in the second half, but cannot be gifting goals like that. Oxford are a decent side, and you can tell they have experience in this league. Hats off to TJ. Piggott, Adrianen, a great finish from Real, but we have to react to the second ball quicker. E10 Rifles, underscore Rifles, sums this up quite nicely. He yeah. says, uh, today shows how far we've come, but also how far we still have to go. Good tweet. Yeah, really good tweet. I like that. Yeah, well played. Dole, underscore Hooper, says, an IE first half performance, lacking experience, out by their number five, out by their midfield, and completely out of sorts at the back. With young defence, I don't like Theo at wing back. 
He offers so much in the final third, but credit to the team for not giving up. Spot on tweet that. David Sears 3 said, Poor all over the pitch from minute one. How Turn stayed on as long as he did, I don't know. Two goals papered over the cracks, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, Samuel LOFC 97 says, A really good game. Their quality shone through, especially Rodriguez and punished our bad 20-25 to 25 minute spell. Good indication of where we need to improve. Season, as I say, every week is mid-table. Clearly dead within the summer. Difficult just to get rid of contracted players in January. Derby 507 said, two mistakes cost us the game. That said, they were the better team. It worked out that Theo isn't, uh, sorry, it worked out that Theo isn't a wing-back and kept uh, on killing us by playing the ball in behind. We showed spirit but fell well short. Brown having a rare bad game contributed. Good point about Theo, whether they pinpointed that as they could get in behind him. Yeah. Good point, Tom. Yeah. Davies E17, lovely to see you last night. Tom, always a pleasure yeah. to see you. So that's with the best team I've seen uh, the O's play this term. Good game management when we got some momentum in the second half. But time we ditch three at the back for games like this gets the best of neither of our defence or our wing-backs. And Theo is becalmed in this role. With this three had quite a lot of engagement with people. Mostly, I'd say, agreeing with what Tom had to say there. Yeah, uh, becalmed means unable to move through lack of wind. Um, oh, very, yeah. Uh, just for those that don't I didn't know what becalmed meant, so I had to, to Google it. The untold game <laughs> said, sorry, Tom, we're not as intelligent here or in Outlook Podcast Towers. The untold games, I think it's positive. It's nice to see you, by the way. It's, I think it's positive that they looked much better than Portsmouth, and we were the width of the post away from a point. Oxford, a few years ahead of us, much the better side, but we seem to have settled at this level. They've been in this league a few years now. Yeah, they have. Good tweet. Orient underscore Ed. So to put it simply, we are victims of our own downfall. I can forgive Solbrin for his error, as that's the only one I can call him making since he has been here. Good finish from Morel, but we have to get in those positions more. We are not even close to doing it often enough. D. Johns, 1998, said, We were poor all over. I thought turns really struggled today. The midfield was non-existent. The front three wasn't working. And to somehow get it back to 3-2 was impressive. And it should hold us in good stead against lesser teams. But we deserve nothing. Kevin, Cal, I've not heard from you in a while. Kev, hope you are well. So a couple of minutes before Prince Temple's mistake, I was saying we didn't miss Viggs. And what a great keeper we had. A real Jonah moment. Uh, do you know what? A few people said that when he made that save. Yeah. Vigs who? Vigs what? Yeah. Oh, three minutes what? later. No complaints about the score in a good match. We were deservedly beaten by a more clinical team. And I think Kev makes a big point now. Yeah. Missing Jordan Graham. Big time. Yeah. A good point. Yeah, really good point. PM31970 gets a penultimate word who says, I think this showed the level we need to aim for. Oxford are the best team we've played this season so far. We need to play players in their correct positions and realise that certain players aren't good enough for this division. We need Aggie fit. AS Another good point. Jordan Graham and Dan Agee, who are probably your decent wingers at this level, right? Probably your two most important attacking from a kind of creative position along yeah. with Theo. And you're missing two out of three of them. So, yeah, good points there raised by everyone. Final word this week goes to Orient Fan TV. So, just over a third way through the season, we sit 13th. If you would have offered me that at the start of the season, I would have taken it. Oxford look a good team and just about deserve their points. Was unlucky not to get a draw from this, though. Not too disheartened of the O's. Yeah. Do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us. We're on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Orient Outlook. We're on Instagram. We're Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Orient Outlook podcast. You'll find our page. Or if you're not on socials, that's absolutely fine. We're on email. You can email us Orient Outlook at Outlook. 
Com as that wraps up the weekend's football. It certainly does. So prediction league update. So no correct predictions in this match, meaning the top of the prediction league is as follows. So leading away on 16 points is Rio underscore Orient. 14 points is Paul R. Gregory. 13 points is Charlie underscore Paul. And Dave Brew 4797 And on 12 points, we have that to O's fan. So the league table is available on our Facebook page. Go and check it out. And as always, a massive thank you to everyone for all of your predictions. Yeah, and today, as we move on now, it's Sunday, the 12th of November, Remembrance Sunday, and worth giving a quick nod to Heart of Midlothian, who sent a wreath to be laid at uh, Memorial, um, sorry, at Coronation Gardens, I beg your pardon, at the Memorial uh, there. So kudos and credit to them for that, as we sent two of these up to them as well. Great, nice partnership there. Yeah, really nice. That'd be really nice, uh, friendly uh, next July. So massive well done. To our under 11 who won the Silver Cup today at the Amber Cup. So, beat Arsenal 3 0 in the semis and then went on to beat Spurs on penalties in the final. So, well the under 11s, yeah, so in about 15 years' time, we should be uh, flying. Yeah, 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 10, 15 years' time. Yeah, see you, well you, see you in 2038. <laughs> the ladies' team were in action today. They played London Academicals and took the lead in the 20th minute for Almeida. The visitors equalised seven minutes later. However, it was the O's who went on to win the game 2-1 as Amelia Pierce ended up scoring the winner very late in the 84th minute. So, huge well done to the ladies today. Yeah, well done to the ladies. Also today, quite excitingly, the club announced that the O's were a limited edition commemorative kit when we face hearts in our special pre-season friendly taking place next summer on the 13th of July. Mark Devlin uh, quoted as saying, we are quite rightly very proud of this piece of history unique in the English game to Orient. We'd like to be taking part in a fixture at Hearts next July to commemorate the bond between the two clubs and we have worked hard to produce a replica of our original kit. The shirt will be available to supporters next summer as a commemorative shirt. Only 1,000 will be produced and it will truly be a one-off shirt which will not be used in the regular season. So I look forward to seeing that. I'm still having an arm about getting a shirt this season but I'm not now. I'm just kind of put all my hopes on that shirt next summer. So yeah, great. And like I said, I think it'll be big. Bigger. Yeah, I'm still. I still do quite like the home shirt. I still uh, will probably get Theo when we went into the shop yesterday to try him on, so I can Ooh. see what his uh, his his Christmassy uh, gift ha. might be. So let's wrap this up then, as we're just over the one hour one minute mark now. Uh, fantasy football. If you don't know, we run a fantasy football league called the Orient Outlook Podcast. Very original. Uh, fantasy football. Uh, it's on Fantasy uh, league.com I think it is and uh, who's at the top this week? Well we're still processing today's results so the last update was made on Saturday 11th of November so this will change massively due to how many fixtures were played today but at the time of recording Kay Sato is top on 748 points followed closely by Brandon Pitcher on 744 points I'm currently 326 in the league this is going to massively change uh, as the uh, points are all credited to the league so keep an eye on your app have a look at the Orient Outlook Podcast League see where you are and as always thank you for being involved in our league absolutely so we'll move on then to do the positives and negatives this week we've got a bit of a balance of three each we have so positives although two losses we can always find positives so first up we've moved up two places in the league yeah who knew that's a win who knew yeah absolutely second positive is Rails finish great finish great goal love it let's have more of that please Satiru and our last positive was the return of Rob Hunt and Max Sanders to the match day squad. So always better to have people off the injury table. That's Great right. to see. Absolutely. The the quieter Keaton is, the better it ah. is for the football club. The negatives leave is left with me this week. Didn't win either of our games this week. We did have quite high hopes that we would. 
be sitting here talking uh, about at yeah. least one win or at least a couple of draws. Uh, we're at the EFL Trophy. I think you know any competition that the club can be in uh, is a positive. Uh, and we've conceded what we consider to be five quite poor goals. Yeah, I mean, the uh, two against two Portsmouth games. on uh, Tuesday and all three against Oxford pretty poor from a defensive point of view. So, yeah, it needs to be clinical, like we say, most weeks in our own box. So, yeah. Absolutely. A negative. So hero of the weekend. So no public vote this week. We had a unanimous decision on out of podcast towers. So didn't need to do any Twitter poll. So our heroes of the week are the 17th Powers Battalion Band for their involvement in the Day of Remembrance on Saturday at the game. Expertly delivered as always. Great stuff. So like we mentioned, no fixtures next week. Paul Bauer was supposed to be happening. That's been called off. So we are next back in action until Tuesday the 21st of November at home to Lincoln Town which is sure to be an emotional fixture I still don't know if I want to go to that I've got to be honest I'm still not sure on that one Lincoln Town though obviously since we played them last time changing manager they're ninth in League 1 they're higher than what I thought they were so be a tough game this one they got a last minute equaliser yesterday to draw one all home to Port Vale on Saturday then after that we're at home to Wigan Athletic on Saturday the 25th of November they're 18th in the league after drawing one or away at Cheltenham yesterday, although they were 18, very important to remember, they did start the season on a minus point. So they've actually they done all right. They've actually, yeah. Points return has actually been pretty decent. Quite a big club for League One. I would expect them to fill out um, our away end. So they've actually done pretty well. And also worth remembering, we are in action on Tuesday 14th of November, away to Barking in the London Senior Cup. It'll be more of an exciting rather than the late 19th. It'll be an 11. You absolutely. all know and yeah. love, but I'm sure there'll be a few O's fans there giving support to the boys. Indeed. So that's Lincoln City um, in on the 21st. We've got Wigan on the 25th. But this week, uh, we've got Barking. Sponsorship reminder, don't forget to get in touch with John and the fantastic team of experienced florists. Call the shop on 0208 529 4130 or get in contact via social media. They're at Carol Langley E4. That's Carol with an E on the end or at Essex Biz. That's on Twitter. They're on Instagram. Search Carol Langley Florist, all one word. And Facebook, just search Carol Langley Florist. So yeah. that is it. That is it indeed. Thanks for joining us for episode 336. We had big, big hopes this week with two home fixtures against tough opposition, which we knew was going to be difficult. And I know we saw some spirited performances. It wasn't quiet enough as the O's fell to two defeats this week. However, it's not all doom and gloom. We sit 13th for League One with a break coming up, which will only do Richie Wellens and the team wilder good to get back on the training ground and prepare for our next fixtures, which, like we said, home to Lincoln, followed by the visit at Wigan. And we hope to be talking about those two matches in a positive manner and about two wins in the next edition of the Orient Outlook podcast. Yeah, so we're not going to be recording next week. We're going to take the week off. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Please give the podcast a rating. Five star would be great. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget, again, you can rate the show. You can even leave a comment on each episode. So please do if you get the chance. Don't forget to follow us. Add us to your favourites on your chosen podcast provider. And that way, you'll get all the episodes as soon as they're available. We're also on Smart Speakers. We're on the Fan Hub app. We're also now on YouTube. So listening to the podcast has never been easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, someone with a passing interest uh, in Leighton Orient, and you think they'd be interested in what's going on at the club, uh, send them our way. We'd love to help them. Grab their phone, download it for them. And pass on the pod. Yeah, so we'll be back with episode 337 in two weeks. Like Paul said, no podcast next week because there's no fixture. So we will be back in two weeks with all the information and views 
that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.